Hello friends and welcome back to Offbeat Grad. It has been a hot minute, has it not? Um, it has, as we all know. I think we could all have predicted that my three-week hiatus was really a two-month hiatus, but boy do I have news for you. So I decided I would end the year out with the last episode to share my year in review. I've done this the past year, maybe two years. I don't know how old this podcast is, but Basically, I like to check in, talk about the things that worked this year, the things that didn't, and my goals for next year. So let's talk about it. I'm going to start by talking about some of my goals for this year, which, you know what? Last year, who could have known, honestly? Who could have known? Um, COVID was quite the unexpected addition to the festivities and it really threw a wrench in a lot of my plans and in other ways it, it helped them along which sounds bad <laughs> I guess um, but it's true so we'll talk about what that means but I remember that one of my key goals for 2020 was to increase my income to $5,000 a month every single month and we will talk about that later but anyway to start what went wrong <laughs> than the obvious. So what went wrong? Um, I would say the biggest issue I had consistently this year, as I do every single year, is burnout. I have always struggled with burnout. I think it's because I work in such like strong bursts of focus and I do really high level research and writing as part of my everyday work. And it's really easy, even though I might not be working a full eight hours a day. I like to say I work like I work eight emotional hours a day, sometimes more. Um, I work like, sometimes I'm like work four hours physically, but I'm like, it was an emotional eight hour day. Um, and, and that just means it, sometimes it's really draining. Um, one of my niches this year that I wrote the most about was actually like death and end of life planning, which is basically like cultural rituals around death, what happens when we die, what happens to your body when you die, like mortality, how to plan your estate for when you do die, like how to choose a burial plot. As you can imagine, like a lot of that was really heavy and it's not even like writing about choosing a burial plot that's heavy. Those were the easier ones. The difficult ones were, were writing about grief and loss and I haven't really lost anyone super important to me in my life but I, I I write with a lot of emotion sometimes and I could I literally cried so many times writing things it's not even funny it's embarrassing it's weird I don't know but I get so into it like for instance I would write obituaries like for fictional people just like obituary templates and I'm like crying I'm crying in the club writing a fake obituary for someone who isn't real and that led to burnout because you can only do that for so long. And I also really struggled along with burnout is with like setting boundaries. Of, I think we all know from my numerous episodes on this, I have gotten so much better. Like I just took a week off, guys. Like calm down. I took a whole week and I would have never been able to do that before. Like I didn't work at all, at all. And I didn't have any panic attacks about that. And that is good. Usually, I really struggle with taking time off, and I like to think that I'm past that now. But along with that, with the burnout, was that I sometimes um, wouldn't be able to take a break, or I felt like I couldn't take a break. And it was a lot, and I moved past it. So how did I move past it? <laughs> I had a problem client, who I've had for over a year, 
and I was able to disengage with that client and essentially fire them after one horrible incident. And it was like I could see clearly now the rain was gone. I could, I, the world was a better place after that. And that sort of opened my eyes to how powerful like leaving a client could be. And I'm all about it now. Team ditching the bad clients. And <laughs> that's basically where most of my burnout came from. And then the boundary issues. But we've, we've moved past them. So they are lows and they are also highs. And even worse, <laughs> the really bad lows were that I lost a lot of traffic on my websites for COVID-19. One of my blogs is a Disney World travel blog, which obviously that ain't <laughs> this ain't it it's just unfortunately the travel niche is a struggle right now and it's coming back and i've definitely seen improvements since like march which is great but i don't know when it will <laughs> will come back to like its full potential um there is disney travel right now i don't really have any new content on that blog i have not touched it since march and i don't feel much pressure to like pick up and start creating content for it because one i don't live there anymore and two it's just it's hard to write about travel right now and that's the truth and the same is true of my other blog samantha ability um it also experienced a pretty big dip in traffic which i think everyone did um, there's also been a lot of Google algorithm changes, and you can only really do so much. So I haven't worried about that too much, but I've definitely struggled creating like a content schedule for these blogs this year because I just went so hard with my other clients, and a lot of them needed a lot of help because of COVID, and a lot of them were were going fully digital for the first time or or needed more consulting than usual because it was wild and crazy. So that was definitely a low for me. And I, I love working on my blogs and I wasn't able to so much. Um, luckily, I had a lot of guest posts on Samantha Ability this year, which was really cool. I love featuring guest posts. Um, and that was that was definitely a high. Last but not least, um, I struggled this year with social media. Um, I wasn't very consistent posting on Instagram, Facebook. I don't even think I've posted on Facebook in like a, a year. But the weird thing about it is my Disney Facebook is popping off. It is popping off like crazy. And I think people believe it to be like some kind of fan account, like for Disney fun pictures. It's not. And I haven't, like, led them to believe otherwise, but I've gotten, like, 500 likes, probably way more than that, from doing nothing. Just, like, I think people are interested in it right now. They're looking for content because we all, like, want to travel again, and I, I can see that. So I wish that I had leveraged that more, but it was just not in the works this year. And the same goes for Samantha Ability. I have, like, uh, Instagram, Facebook, etc., and it really hasn't been an area of focus for me. And my account has <laughs> lost followers, which I think is not unique to me. But it's just not as easy to grow now. And I've, I've lost a lot of motivation for it. I would like to change that. Will I? Who knows? So let's talk about the highs. What worked? <laughs> my biggest highs this year are gaining two new clients who are both paid at my highest rate and they are both really excellent and wonderful and I, I have had a great experience so far working with them and I'm also a little bit I don't know if it's because I'm attracting better clients or just because I now am better at, at managing clients but either way I'm loving it and I'm also working like way more worlds way more, way more responsibility with my largest clients who I had at the beginning of 
this year, the end of last year, but it was not in the same capacity. And I've taken on like additional roles for them and it's that's amazing. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I've also gotten so much more confidence with video calls and phone calls to clients and other people in this industry. I am able to not sound like a buffoon, despite what you might think from this podcast. Um, I need to work on my background because it's embarrassing to have like, I have like dog leashes hanging up in my background and I usually take them down, but sometimes I forget and it's embarrassing. And, but in general, I'm killing it and video calls, <laughs> and I feel like a lot less anxiety before them. I have also hired an assistant, and I want to continue getting more, like, outsourcing handled in the new year, and I also got inbound work this year. I was shook the first time this happened. I got all of my new clients came to me. I did not seek them out. I had some who sought me for, like, one-off projects, and then I had other long-term gigs this way. I was like, hello? Um, so that made me feel like I was really progressing somewhere in my career, and it was really cool. I also grew my podcast, both this one and my other podcast, which is about books. <laughs> um, both of them have grown a lot more than I expected, and I, I mean, I'm not, like, rolling in the dough. These, are, these podcasts don't make me any money, but, um, I'm glad. And I love that. And my biggest time this year is that I fired my problem clients. So it's not like I started this year with the plan of firing them. It was more like I got to a breaking point and I couldn't do it anymore. And I am so glad I did. So that was wonderful. I ended up firing two clients. Um, neither one was very dramatic or anything. It was not like a whole big affair. It was literally me just being like, this isn't working anymore. Let's go our separate ways. And then we did and it was all good and I'm loving it. So last but not least, we've come to the most important thing. So this may be weird, but every year I share my income and I do it because there's not a lot of transparency in the freelancing and blogging community and I feel like there should be because <laughs> if we all talked more about how much we were making, we would feel more confident asking for the amount we deserve when it comes to working with clients, working for ourselves, etc. So last year I made around, I might just be making this up, I think I made around 40000 and I was happy with this, and that is a good income. Um, this year I wanted to make 5000 k every single month, which 5 times 12 would be around 60000 I have surpassed this by more than I thought I ever would, and I am, I'm shook. So, so let me pull up how much I made. I've also started tracking my income with Wave app, which is free for solopreneurs, which I recommend it a lot. Actually, I've actually started using it for invoicing and I'm, I'm loving it as McDonald's would say. Anyway, this year in total, I have made $84,752 pre-tax. So what that means is that I send taxes quarterly. I have a whole episode on taxes and that is before tax because it's just easier for me to, to do that. Although I do pay taxes as well and I probably should include them in my overall thing, but I, that's a problem for next year. And <laughs> I'm really impressed with myself because I did not think that it would be possible to make this much at 25 years old. I also didn't think it would be possible to make this much writing for a living. And I would like to print it out and send it to everyone who told me <laughs> that writing was a waste of my time. Um, I would also like to print it and include it with my English degree just for kicks and giggles. 
And that is basically all you need to know about that. Um, I'm really proud of myself and I hope it doesn't seem like I am bragging. I just think it is important to share these numbers legitimately um, so that we can all have some transparency because y'all never know. Ask for more money and you might get it. Um, that's basically the only way I made it to this number um, by just risking it all and asking for more money. The worst they say is no. I've negoci negotiated my rate several times this year and I'm really glad I did. And I'm really glad that I've reached a point where I won't accept anything less than, than my my minimal rate, which is way higher than it's ever been, and I'm glad that I'm able to do that, and I understand that sometimes you can't do that, and I've been in that position so many times, and I'm glad to be out of it, and I hope I stay out of it, um, but that's where we be. So, for next year, what are we doing? I want to make $100,000 pre-tax, um, whether that's possible, I think it is, but I mean, who knows? Who knows? 2020 was a whirlwind. It could have been a fluke. So we'll see how that goes. I will keep you in the loop as always. I also want to focus more on outsourcing. I can afford to do it now. There's definitely no excuse. And I think focusing on where I spend my time best is, is the best way to keep me from feeling that horrible, overwhelmed, can't do it feeling. Last but not least, I want to create a schedule for my blogs and my social media so I can be more consistent. Um, that's <laughs> clearly a struggle for me. And I want to continue only working with high quality clients. So I feel pretty good about where I am with my clients right now. And I feel pretty confident that I won't fall into another stupid client situation. Or that at least if I do, because it happens, it definitely does. I will know how to get out of it quickly. And that that really just came with experience and I'm not perfect at it, but but I have made some good progress. And then finally, let's talk about this podcast. So I've come to a point where I don't think I can manage doing weekly episodes that aren't full of filler and garbage. As much as I love using this podcast as a basically audio journal of my life, which is sort of what it is. And I wonder if my grandchildren will listen to it and be like, she needed mental help. But in the meantime, I think I'm going to transition this um, off your grad to seasonal episodes, um, basically where I release five to seven episodes at a time, um, maybe a few months apart. So I was thinking February is a good goal for my first season. And that way I can provide like more expert interviews. I can really like gather my thoughts on what I want to say with this podcast and keep it really clean and professional, basically quality over quantity. Um, don't worry, I will still include my rants. I think that is the foundation for this entire, entire thing. And that's where I'm planning to take that in the next year. So I would love to release maybe three or four seasons next year. Whether that'll work out, I don't know. But I'm really excited. Um, I've started putting together some of the seasonal episodes and they feel like the right direction. So... I'm happy about that. Hopefully you are too. And I would love everyone's input on like what kind of things you want to see in the next in the next segment of this podcast, which has definitely evolved a lot since I started it. I think I started it in 2018. So thanks for sticking here with me <laughs> for putting putting up with my nonsense. And thank you for supporting me this year. Um, clearly it, it went well for me. Um, 
hopefully next year does too. And I hope that what whatever you're doing, whether you're freelancing, blogging, working from home, just living your life, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping for the best for everyone. And I hope you have a very safe and healthy and happy 2021. And I will talk to you guys soon. Have a productive week.